And we are live for the 56th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi, and tonight I'm with G. What's up? And I'm with Andrew. One nothing lead, baby. Let's go. Yep, Andrew's name tonight is one nothing lead, and it's a pretty damn good name because the Yankees just came out game one of the ALCS, and they just dominated seven nothing. Tanaka, Glaber, just oh my, what a what a. It's tough to say, you know, it's tough to call a game a perfect game, but that was, I mean, if you would ever describe a perfectly played game, if you had to lay it out, that's it right there. The, the Yankees would just play a flawless game, making plays, getting good at bats, getting, you know, doing well off Grinky. It, it was just a great performance all around. Let's, let's get right into it. Uh, Andrew, Masahiro Tanaka. 1.3 career postseason ERA and seven starts. This guy is nails for breakfast. Like, what is it with this guy? Yeah, he literally un- is is everything you could ever expect. I mean, the I, amount I of remember- Katie Sharp stats I saw about Tanaka tonight was just uh, like unbelievable. It was just like every two minutes, it was like, oh, well, Tanaka is the third player in history to do this, and he's the second player in history to do that. First player since it's just incredible. Six Dude, innings, one hit, so five pitches. I believe, unbelievable. We had so many question marks on our pitching rotation in the beginning of the year. And I remember when the Giants were bad and the Nationals were bad. Spoiler the Nationals may end up going to the World Series on their own right, which is hysterical. But, you know, Yankees Twitter was up in arms. We got to go out. We got to get Bumgarner. We got to go out. We got to get Scherzer. We have no one who could step up in the playoffs. It's like this guy in our rotation has been absolute nails for years. And, I mean, you always have a little fear because Houston is just such a good team. And he's had on and off starts against them he's you know absolutely dominated them i think it was game four or five of the lcs in 2015 at home he was awesome but you remember when he blew up again blew up Derek jeter day that same year you have like eight runs and three innings like so houston can hit him like but i think coming in tonight we, we all had the utmost faith in him and i even said on, on our lcs preview pod last night with g that if i had to pick one guy on the entire team who was going to make the most impact it's going to be Tanaka because he's going to set the tone in game one and he's probably going to get the ball again in game five back at home. He went out tonight and absolutely shoved. He didn't do it with velocity. He didn't do it with absolute wildly moving pitches, but he he pitched a location and Houston was completely off balance the entire night. And, and G I'll let you pick up here. If Tanaka set the tone on the mound, Glaber set the tone on offense, man. I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, my, you know, like my dad, his new favorite player is Glaber. My dad was just marveling at Glaber all night. The dudes, I mean, they said it a hundred thousand times on the broadcast, but I'm gonna say it again here. The dude's 22 years old, and he's our best hitter right now. He's he's five RBIs, home run, double. The, the dude's made made a ni- few nice plays in the field. The, the dude does it all. He really set the tone for us on offense. Um, A-Rod had a great point. Every RBI that was driven in by the Yankees tonight was from a guy who wasn't on the team in 2017. Uh, Glaber, Gio, and John, Giancarlo. So, gee, uh, what, Glaber tonight, man. Well, talk about being in the zone. I mean, my God. Just. Yeah, I mean, I want to first, I'll just tip my cap to Tanaka because he's just absolutely spectacular, man. It's. You know, he takes it so seriously. Like, you know, the pitching is such an art form for him and a craft. So I really appreciate, you know, even if he has rough moments in the regular season, that he just is so serious and so focused and always takes it to that level in the postseason. Um, for Glaber Torres, man, I'm not going to 
going to try not to really beat the dead horse, but like he's 22 years old. Yeah, I mean he's he's pretty mature beyond his years. It's it's just really great, you know. We can make jokes about like thank you Brian Cashman and whatnot, but like it was a franchise altering deal, and it's so far has been a pretty best case scenario, right? I mean, he's having a coming out party as a 22 year old, and is already like a middle of the order and a middle of the order hitter on a team that has like five middle of the order hitters, <laughs> like. Yeah. They, they moved him up to third. And yeah, he I was just about to say, great move by that. Boone moving him up to third. You know, like, They moved him up to third in this lineup. He responded with, like, not series-altering, but, you know, like, he set the tone for the series for the Yankees in such a dramatic way that it's it's just it's just impressive. He's an incredible kid. I'm just going to read some Glaber stats for you guys. Uh, they're all coming from Katie Sharp, of course. Glaber Torres, youngest Yankee ever with five RBIs in a postseason game. Um, here's one I said. Right, let's do another Glaber one. Youngest second baseman in MLB history with four RBIs in a postseason game. Age 22 or younger with two home runs in a single postseason. Tony Kubek, Mickey Mantle, and Glaber Torres. That's the list. Uh, here's a Tanaka one. That's really cool. Lowest career postseason ERA among starters. Minimum 40 innings pitched. We got Sandy Koufax, Christy Math, Christy Mathewson, Masahiro Tanaka, and Eddie Plank. That's the list. Uh, just, just some pretty solid company. Like when, when you're just getting guys from like the early 1900s, you know you're doing something right. Right when you're in the same company as those guys. Uh, it, it, another one compared to a guy like Sandy Koufax. I mean, yeah. that, that's right there. Uh, who is Andrew? Who, who the hell is that? Sandy Koufax. Are you making up names here? I'm just kidding. Uh, four straight <laughs> postseason starts with runner fewer runs and three hits or fewer allowed. Masahiro Tanaka and Blue Moon Odom. See, now you're the one making up names. Dude, this guy, Blue Moon Odom, played in 1972. If you asked me what year did Blue Moon Odom play in, I'd guess 1888. <laughs> yeah, so trust me, I saw that one. I said, Awesome name for a baby. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of those names back in the day. But yeah, um, just uh, seven. Here's one with the, uh, more of a team. Nothing. Is their Yankees' largest road shutout win in a postseason game since the 1961 World Series Game Four? So yeah, I mean, it's just really just an. A, this probably, it's tough to say this is like their best postseason win, and I don't know how long. But just in terms of like, you know, a single game. I mean, when it, beating a team like this Houston team seven nothing in their ballpark, and I know you know it was their number technically their number three guy on the mound, but look that. We like to, you know, a lot of people like to joke about Zach Greinke, and we get it with the social anxiety, but, like, the guy's no slouch, you know? He might not be, like, nails in the postseason, but the guy's still a great pitcher. And I know it was his second bad start of the postseason, but the Yankees still did a really good job with it. I mean, just think of how unlucky they were getting early in that game. Guardy lines out into the double play. Judge hits one deep to left center. Geo lines out, right? Bregman makes the jump and catch. We were right on him in the beginning. You know, right away you could see, okay, we've hit three hard balls first time through the lineup that resulted in outs, you know, like this is something we can hang our hats on. Whereas Houston, they weren't hitting shit hard off Tanaka. They weren't squaring anything up. And that really just from the, before a run was even scored, you could tell like, all right, the Yankees are a bit more on Grinky than uh, the Astros are on Tanaka. And that really, that really paid dividends. Um, let's see what, what else to talk about in this, uh, this, this great game. Um, 
I mean, you had you had the judge play in right. Yeah, I believe that, it was the was it the fourth or fifth inning? Doubling I off believe it was the first. fifth inning. It was a one. If I'm not mistaken, it was a one nothing game at that point. Fifth inning, it was runner on for you know the Astros get a runner on. It was I think it was only their second runner, base runner up until that point. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah Bregman know, walks. You think I think it was a leadoff walk too, right? Or, yeah, it, it it that sounds right. He was hitting clean up there, so he, Tanaka was like basically perfect through the order two times. So. So, right, so it was a leadoff walk. You're thinking, like, oh, God, here we go, right? Yeah, it was a leadoff walk. I just checked. And then Alvarez gets I forget up. exactly what happened. Well, the double play ended the inning, right? So, so something No, happened. it didn't. It didn't. Oh, okay. The Guriel fly out to – remember Guriel flied out to judge right after the double play? Right, right, right. Like the running track. But, yeah, no. Uh, you know, Alvarez hits one that off the bat looked like it could be a gapper. Looked like, you know, looks like Houston making it on the board. And, you know, judge makes the catch and – I mean, Bregman. What did the hell flip. is Bregman doing, I mean, man? Why like, was he so far off the base? In the he first shouldn't place? have been like he shouldn't have been that far off the base. But I still think he gets back if he doesn't slip. Like he he was far off, and then he kind of stumbles. And, and at that point, I mean, Judge just throws in a ball. I think it was me- measured at eighty-eight miles per hour. A little yeah, one hop to DJ. Said, DJ makes a beautiful <laughs> scoop. Judge was even surprised he was interviewing with uh, with Ken Rosenthal after the game, and they're like, "Oh, so you know, I know you were a bit flat-footed, and you only got eighty-eight mile per hour." And he's like, "Oh, that's it, really." <laughs> He was like, man, I suck. What the hell, 88? Get that shit yeah. out of here. But yeah, that, that, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, putting out a fire, you know, leadoff walk. It's a one-run game. You're saying, oh, you know, this is classic, right? Leadoff. How, how many times have you seen a lead, a lead blown with, and it starts with a leadoff walk? Yeah, uh, I mean, judges three big double plays that, hmm? Judges made, you know, judges made a lot of, like, really nice plays so far this uh, postseason, but all, I think just, all postseasons, man. I see, you know, in seventeen, he made a number of plays out in right field that were just phenomenal. And he's just he's yeah, back I mean, yeah, like he's definitely he's definitely one of the best right fielders in the game. But I think just generally speaking, like the whole postseason so far right, against the Twins, like the Yankees are making all the plays. You know, they're mm-hmm. watching the other teams. They're, they're putting the pressure on the other teams by making all the plays, and the other teams. You know, like Bregman had that mistake, right? Like. They, you make all the plays, and you're going to unnerve the other team. They're going to make mistakes. So just that's what they need to continue to do. And it's, you know, I'm impressed by their level of, like, pre- preparation. And I think this current, you know, configuration is their best defensive configuration. So that helps. But just the fact that they're making all the plays is putting pressure on the other team. Right. And the only hiccup you had was the with the seventh inning with Adovito in. You had a, the, the Altuve ground ball up the middle where we're – um, Didi and Glaber kind of stared at each other, and you thought, like, oh, yeah. oh shit, this, this could be the moment where but, they kind of creep back into it. And then, of course, Adamino got the ground ball on the very next batter and got out of it. But I mean, that was like really the only real hiccup that they've had defensively all postseason. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when that play happened, for some reason, I thought the ball like hit something because I was so confused as to why Didi and Glaber both just like were, you know, dead in their tracks, like as the ball went through. I'm like, did that? That ball like hit the mound, or hit, like what? What the hell? That ball hit the ump. Like what the hell just happened? But and just a miscommunication. But hey, it didn't matter because the Yankees got well, yeah, like Andrew said, three double plays tonight. Um, Tanaka. The amazing thing about Tanaka is not that just he went six innings, one hit. The guy had less than seventy pitches. I mean, the guy's gonna be you know obviously Tanaka on longer rests is is better, but. I mean, he he's going to be good to go for Game Four, like no doubt about it. And it was a bit when it was a three nothing game. It was a bit of a question, like, all right, should they bring him back out? But 
once it went to five nothing, I think the choice was pretty obvious, right? Once Glaber got that bases loaded uh, bloop, it was pretty obvious that uh, you got to take the knockout, you got to preserve him. Well, I mean, let's let's clarify. He's probably going to pitch game five, right? Game game four would be on short rest. Yeah, and I think I uh, think knowing the way. It's the way uh, Boone is managed this year. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I feel like it just depends on the situation, right? Uh, Tanaka, uh, man, and you know how better he is on, on extended rest. I can't see put him on short rest, they, even though he only threw. But it's like if you throw him sure, game, if you throw him game five, then that means he only throws two games this series. You yeah, know? but they're not. The they're pitch- not going to have him pitch twice on short rest. Yeah, in, I guess. in one series, I, come on. I mean, I think that's a decision you have to make after game three, really. I mean, it, 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 the option is there. I, maybe not option one for me. I'm kind of inclined to agree with Andrew, but, like, if you have to, right? I mean, if who knows what happens in the next few games. If, if but look, they, the Astros don't have a starter lineup in that game either. Yeah, yeah, two teams doing bullpen day. There's no Wade Miley. Yankees put themselves, obviously, they put themselves in the favorable position here by taking this game. I mean, I said it yesterday on, like, the preview pod. I said, like, they have to come out just full force and try to win this game. And they did now. And, I mean, Verlander and Cole is certainly intimidating, but, like, the Yankees didn't look phased at all. That nothing about Zach Greinke, who's been a good pitcher, nothing about being in Houston. Like, they were just kind of there playing baseball. And they just went right in to the best team in baseball, you know, quote, unquote, maybe, but went right into their house and took game one from them in the championship series. Like, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see them take game two. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but, like, well, you know, he, they could find themselves in a very favorable position here in terms of, like, laying out their pitchers for the rest of the series. Well, you know, here's something I was thinking about in terms of Houston, right? Look at Houston so far. They've played six games this postseason. In all three of their wins, their starter has thrown a GM, Right. Cole's thrown two gems. Verlander threw a gem the first start. So based off that logic, if their starting pitcher doesn't you know, throw a gem, doesn't go seven strong, eight strong, one run or less, they're not going to win. So that puts them in a, like a really tough situation. And obviously that could change, change very easily. But I, it's really just the point where I'm looking at it and saying, man, the, at this point, the only way I, I – I see the Astros beating the Yankees in the series. And like, like we said, not to get overconfident, but I think Cole and Verlander got to give them two wins each. Right. I, I mean, I don't think who at this point, Grinky's had two bad. I mean, you know, six innings, three runs, not isn't bad, but you know, he got hit pretty hard today. I don't think you have a, a whole lot of confidence in him. If you're uh, AJ Hinch, right. Going up against I mean, this lineup. I mean, well, you're going to Cole and Verlander to just carry them to to a if you need if you need those two guys to get you two wins each, then the Yankees are, are in a very good position because exactly. the only for the sake if you actually think about it, the only way you know that they would be able to get those starts is the game would have to would, would have to be extended to a seven game series, right? Where mm-hmm. Verlander pitched game six, Cole pitched game seven. But I mean, if they're only going to get wins on day those guys pitches, pitch the Yankees have. <laughs> enough games ahead of that, right? Am I doing my math right? If you, we already got today's win, and then let's say by the, uh, it'll be three two. All right, I'm I'm adding an extra game here. It's late. Ignore me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, and it's really like I think we were talking about this earlier. I think 
I trust Cole to throw two gems. I don't know if I trust a 36-year-old Verlander. Uh, again, I could see Verlander coming out tomorrow throwing a gem. but if Verlander is 4-0 with a career ERA against us in the postseason, like 2.2. But he, I mean, he hasn't faced a lineup like this. You know, the last – like, look, we we were looking at that 2017 lineup today, man. Like, it's it's – we don't realize it, but that lineup is so much better than – or this lineup in 2019 is so much better than that 2017 lineup. lineup. Like, I mean, we, you know, at the time we really didn't see it, but now it's like, wow, that 2017 lineup, we, that took the Astros to seven games. Like, that lineup, like with Todd Frazier, Starlin Castro, Matt Holliday, like, it, you, you really forget, like, this lineup is so damn good. Like, who knows? What, like, G said, what if we go out and tomorrow and just jump on Verlander? Like, even more than we did Grinky. Who knows? But, man, it, it really is, look, like, for the Astros. Like- It's just crazy how people discounted, like, you know, the the fact that Tampa pushed them to five, you know, and even the games that the Astros won, like, you know, Tampa, for the most part, they were in those games. Like, the Astros just didn't, like, blow Tampa out, you know? Like, even in the game, Cole had 15 strikeouts. Tampa was in that game in the ninth inning. They were one big hit away from taking the lead. You know, this team isn't untouchable like everyone was making them seem. The thing about the, the Astros so far that bothers me is like, you know what? You have to give them respect as a World Series champion, and they're the number one seed, and that's all That's all wonderful. But, like, their offense hasn't been very good this postseason, right? And so far, like, on multiple occasions just today, when people run down, you know, like, offense, defense, manager, all those things, every single one of them said Astros had the better offense. And so far this, off, this postseason, they split six games, right? They won the three... And they lost two in that series, and they lost this one to the Yankees. Like, they scored six runs, three runs, three runs, and then one run, closed out with a 6-1 win against the Rays, and then got shut out tonight. So it's not like their offense and, has been dominating. And four of those six, four of those six runs in Game 5 were, were off of uh, tip pitches, so, you know. It's just, yeah, like, it's take, not like they've been dominating, you. right? Like, I, what you said I, is seems to be more and more true, and like their offense is good. Like they can certainly wake up and just start hitting, like you know, bombs or whatever. But like it hasn't happened yet, and it's gonna ha- something's gonna have to happen for them to win these games. They don't have a better bullpen than the Yankees. Like it's gonna have to be Verlander and Cole probably pulling the, a lot of weight here. Now that that's their path to winning. The, like I think I don't think people realize that. Like going into the series, but man, I guess that's not just you know beating like coming out and beating a team like you know close game and game one. That's one thing. I mean, this was just utter domination. You know, I mean, this was really just a, a dominating yeah. performance. And like they it, looked, they looked calm, they looked comfortable, and they just went out and played ball and they played like they were a better team. Yeah, uh, they definitely were a better team. I also, want to shout out Stanton. I want to shout out Stanton. Uh, Silencing months in Twitter, you know, a couple hits, nice little opposite hey, field homer. I puffed up my boy yesterday. <laughs> puffed him up. Yeah, the Yankees ended up with thirteen hits to the Astros three, so it's pretty good. Um, another thing, I, I damn, I can't believe this is becoming like a John Smoltz podcast. What the hell? Smoltz made another good point on the, on the uh, broadcast <laughs> when he said that, you know, the key with the Yankees is, like, the Yankees don't, like, he was talking about, like, you know, uh, crooked numbers, right? Innings where there was more than one, uh, more than one run scored. 
And he's like, the Yankees haven't allowed any of those. Like, they didn't allow any of those against the Twins. Like, the Twins would just score one run at a time, and that was it. And, like, that's really, that's what it's all about in the postseason, especially, like, limiting big innings. Like, if you allow one run, if you allow, uh, you know, if you allow one run, fine. You know, keep it at that. You know, if you allow a solo homer to start the inning, like, don't let it turn into a big inning. And the Yankees have just been doing that through these first four games. And that's why they're 4-0, and they've outscored their opponents 30-7 to so far. Um... Guys, you want to uh, look ahead to game two, ahead of the pitching matchup, what, what we expect, or any, anything else to say about this this lovely game, one of the ALCS? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you look at, at what Glaber was able to do and, and carry the offense, and, and um, obviously you can't expect something like that. The rest I'm of the series ex- if if Glaber doesn't that. get five RBIs every game for the rest of the series, I swear I'd it's, it's, that's it. He, we need a new short. So we need a second baseman, a new short. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. It, it, it's a good sign that the Yankees were still able to put up as many runs as they did and come out with a, a nice clean win on a night where Brett Gardner and, and Ron Carcion and, and even to some extent Gary Sanchez didn't really look all that great because those guys are going to hit at some point and they're going to come through with some, some big hits in this series and they didn't really do much of anything tonight. We still got seven runs. So, I mean, maybe tomorrow will be their day and <laughs> and that's just a ticking time on waiting to explode. And like, like you know, I think the only one that literally didn't have like a single good at bat was Edwin. Um, he, he worked like a couple of counts, but yeah, he just had he was swinging out of his shoes, like swinging out of his shoes. He chased like so many breaking balls in the dirt. But you know, Gary got his hit, a hit in his last at bat. I said earlier, Guardy, rough start to the night. He ripped one right to first for the double play, and then just looked awful in his three remaining at bats. But, hey, you'll take two or three guys in your lineup having a bad night when the other six are just all mashing, right? Then you have your 22-year-old second baseman getting five RBIs and just get hit after hit. So, yeah, he'll take it. Um, game two. It's another 8 o'clock start time. Or 8.08, technically. Yeah. You know, 8.08, 8.08. It's not 8 o'clock. I'm sorry. Um, we got Paxton versus Verlander. Um, you know, Paxton looked all right in his first postseason start. Um, he's... Almost on like you know full week of rest, so should be well rested. Um, what? How many days rest is Verlander? One was Game Four of the. Um, He's on normal rest. It was four days. It's okay. It's four. Normal rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, obviously, like Andrew said, Verlander has been pretty stingy against us in the postseason. Um, Hey. Fuck them. Let's 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 (laughs) let's change that tomorrow, right? I'm I'm definitely expecting the Astros to come out firing tomorrow. You know, like look, if we shut out the Astros again tomorrow, like that that's awesome. I really I expect their offense to at least get them a few runs. You know, like they're because look, I would lo- look, I would love for the Yankees to just go in and dominate this entire series. Yankees in four, that'd be great. But you just have to look at a team like the Astros and say, all right, this team they're. This this giant's gonna wake up at some point, right? Like they're gonna at least, they're not gonna just not go down without a fight. They're they're way too good of a team not to. Um, but tomorrow's a, game two is a big game for them because I feel like like going into this game and a lot of people were saying this is a, a quote unquote must win for the Yankees just because you know you had Cur- uh, Verla- I almost said Curlander <laughs> you have Verlander <laughs> going in the next two days, but. Uh, I, I never want to say a game's a must-win in a series that's you know zero-zero because if the Yankees lost tonight, like I still wouldn't be like, well, the series is over. 
But this game was definitely more important for the Yankees than it was the Astros. Like, we had our ace going. They had their number three guy going. Like, it was really important for us to get just get like get that monkey off our back, right? Because we didn't get a win in Houston in 2017, and it obviously costed us. We needed at least one of them, right? And we got it right away, and it was in dominating fashion. So now the pressure, I think, shifts from it was on us in game one. Now it's on the Astros. Now it's like if you know if you if you come out and lose game two, you have to win two games at Yankee Stadium, right? That's it's a very difficult thing to do in October. They they couldn't do it in 2017. They couldn't do it once. So yeah, and they did say specifically they they made comments about how crazy it was, how you know raucous the crowds were, that they were a little bit unnerved by the energy, like. And the Astros in the last few years, just in general, like aren't good on the road in the postseason. I think they're like five and ten in their last like fifteen road games or something. In the post, like they're just they just ha- generally have not been a good road team in the postseason. And that's okay. Now, right? I don't think they won in Boston last year, did they? I think you might be right, but I, I just and know they lost both teams in Tampa and they lost all three in New York the year before that to us. Um, they may have taken a couple. I know they at least won Game Seven in LA to clinch the World Series two years ago. But I mean, yeah, I mean. <laughs> they're really um, yeah, they struggle they've struggled a lot but i mean even even you look at, at their numbers this year they were the best home team in baseball um, and they were they were pretty good on the road as any 107 win team you know would would be expected to to be but um they had far away the best home record in all of major league baseball so us taking game one tonight is, is a huge statement yeah like like you said best home record in baseball really just shows like how tough it is to go into that place and to do that to a team like that, like that does not happen to them all too often. You know? did it. Tanaka didn't even break a sweat while he was doing it, man. Bro, the train direct, the train conductor. Yeah, that was, great. That was incredible. <laughs> what is that, that? What what a perfect, like, just, um, I can't find the word. What a perfect symbol for the night, right? Just the, the train director just passed. <laughs> oh, man. That was like that's just something you see, you know, you're just like watching the game and you just see it and right away your first thought is, Oh man, that's gonna be all over Twitter. Like that guy's about to get memed so hard. It's that crazy. place was 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 a morgue, you know, you didn't have the, the fans going crazy, you didn't have those mm-hmm. stupid rally Am I the only one who hates rally towels? Yeah, like, they're awful. That, I think they're awful. So dumb. Like that's such just, a I I I, I said a few times past years, that's such like a beta move. That's like what betas do. It just looks so it looks so much better when a bunch of fans are just cheering and high fiving and like, you know, jumping up and down. Like it just looks so much better. Rally uh, towels is just a bunch of fans obstructing each other's view of the game. For real, man. Like oh man. Honestly, I had a thought, it's but I completely like... forgot what it was, to be honest. Um wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm casual. Gee, didn't you say you're gonna call someone a casual on the pod tonight? I did. I said I was gonna call Alex. I thought he was gonna be here. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I don't even think Alex watched the game. You know, I don't even think Alex watched the game. To be honest, that guy. Casual move. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say something of actual substance instead of just calling people casuals. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean Verlander tomorrow. Like, um. I feel like they can get him. Like it's it's just a feeling whatever, but like I feel like they can get him and then and then you can start to get selfish. Like I just felt like they were not strained really at all. And as it relates, I guess I feel like they can get Verlander because of Houston's offense. You know, like I think they 
can, you know, they have a dangerous lineup. But I just think, you know, if you look at the like, look at the games, they haven't really done. You know, they've had they've scored some runs, they've been threatening, but they haven't like been this dominating offense. Like the Yankees have had more consistent production. I feel like from all over their lineup in the four games they played. And Houston's offense has been a pretty mixed bag so far. Yeah, but you you know, we've been in that position. We were certainly in that position in Houston in 2017. Like how helpless of a feeling it is when you're you're really scrambling and scratching every little thing you can get. When like it doesn't matter who's on the mound, it just feels like you're gonna get shut down that night. And I'm not gonna say that that the the Houston hitters are are in that same boat. Um, I, I still think they're supremely talented and they can jump on any one of our starters any given night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're actually, you know, to flip it around, we're, we're in a good spot, but we don't feel like that right now. Now, of course, Berliner can go out and absolutely flip the script and then put us in, in that hot water that we haven't felt at all. You know, four games, we've been comfortable offensively, even we weren't putting up gigantic numbers. Like the game three clincher in Minnesota, they scored five runs in that game. I believe they only had two or three runs through like six innings, right? So, I mean, they weren't mashing the ball, but the worst thing you could do is feel like you're going up there and having no chance. You put a guy on base, you know, you're going to strand him. Like we've been there before. And right now we're not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just think that because like Houston's offense, you know, again, very talented and they could explode at any moment, but they just haven't yet. And until it happens, right. It could happen anytime, but until it actually happens, you know, I'm going to feel a little bit more confident that they just haven't looked very good this postseason so far. And that also puts a lot more pressure on Verlander, right? Verlander's been, you know, been in Houston the last few years. He's used to having some run support most of the time, right? And mm-hmm. if they're not putting up runs for him, pressure a little bit more pressure, a on, pressure on. He even saw with Greinke tonight, right? I mean, as good as he was through the first three innings, granted that double play did help keep his pitch count down. But like as good as Greinke looked in the first few innings, Tanaka was just as good, if not better, right? Mm-hmm. And, and eventually. Um, you know, you compare what was going on. Like you said at the beginning, we were getting some more hard contact than than they were. Of course, Granky was going to be the first one to crack. So a similar s- situation. Um, if Paxton just goes out and keeps the game close, even if Verlander is good early, and maybe we go down one nothing, two nothing, whatnot, but you keep it there. I think if they continue to have good at bats, you know, that's where you really get get Verlander to crack and, and maybe break through. And uh, another thing, because let's remember, I think both Tanaka and Grinky had, what, 29 pitches through three? Very low. I don't think we're going to be seeing that these next two games. I think that the Yankees game plan, not seriously, I think the Yankees game plan tonight was really just to attack Grinky, to be really aggressive with them, to just try to just bombard him. Basically, everything Glaber did was first pitch swing. Yeah. With Ver, how, with Verlander and Cole, these games two and three, I think they're going to try to work the count a bit more. I don't think they're going to be as aggressive and early, especially early on. You know, uh, just just a thought. Who knows? I could be wrong. I'm a casual. That's where, like, but that's 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 the that's the feeling I have because they were over. It almost seemed like overly aggressive to a point where I kind of just said to myself, "This is this is the game plan. This is like they're all kind of swinging. They're all being aggressive. Like I don't think they're concerned with Grinky's pin, Grinky's pitch count tonight." They'll be no. concerned with JV and Cole's pitch count, but not Cranky. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's probably a good point. You know, I think that was a good strategy. If that was a strategy, Glaber definitely was first pitch swinging in multiple at-bats. But, you know, hopefully for the guys who had an off night, like, you know, Edwin and, and Gardy, um, 
Guardy especially, you know, has been known to work those like long nine pitch at bats, like mm-hmm. you know, but they all kind of can, right? Judge, you know, they take pitches like all of them. So hopefully that if that's their strategy, not that they should stand up there and, and take balls right down the middle, but like you, you Verlander, you just gotta grind him out, man. He's he's incredible, but he's still whatever, you know, thirty eight, thirty seven, like you gotta make him sweat. And I feel like they the Astros have not really been tested tremendously so outside of the Tampa series, like it's time to put a little heat on them, you the, know, put their feet to the fire. The key for with Cole and Verlander for the Yankees should be do not let these guys see the seventh inning. Like let them strike you out. Let them be six innings, 18 strikeouts. I don't care. Do not let them see the seventh inning. You know, just do whatever you do. Make the Astros. If the Astros want to win a game, make them get nine outs with their bullpen. Like, force them to say, okay, tr- try to get nine outs with your shitty-ass bullpen, right? Like, try to get, try to beat us without one of your, you know, Cy Young candidates on the mound. Because I really don't yeah, think they even can. Even a guy like, like Presley is one of their better relievers. And we, I mean, yeah. they, they got him out of the game. They got the three, and he got the first two outs. And then they got three straight singles off him. So, you know, they, they, they've seen him. They know what he's all about. Like, and that's all going to pay off down the road as well. And they ripped those balls really hard. Like, well, yeah, all yeah, all with two outs. Rather, right? It was oh, that was very nice because at that point, you know, it's a three nothing game, two outs, and you just have your top. You know, your well, DD got it started, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, DD got it started, and then DJ Judge, and then who else? Honestly, it was Glaber. Honestly, if I had just had to like sum it up, right? The thing that just makes me feel so confident is that like they looked confident. Mm-hmm. All the guys that point. were here, all the guys that were here. You know the, you know Judge and Gary and Dee Dee and, you know, who else was here? Like in 2017, Masa Sevi. Yeah, I mean like the young guys, especially maybe less so Tanaka, but like all those guys who they were like the plucky, upstart, you know, underdog. No one expected them to make a run, and they almost kind of like, but they're established now and they have experience and they're. They just look so confident, dude. Like, they're such a good baseball team. And Houston is, too. But, like, the Yankees just seem – they just seem so confident. And they have all all this experience, you know, that they've had now. Like, it's just, you know, like, Houston isn't this, like, big, daunting, you know, task ahead of them. Like, it's, it's just another good baseball team. But they've beaten a lot of those. And it doesn't seem like they're all that phased by the prospect of beating another one. Completely great point. You completely agree. This team yeah, looks, looks confident. Mm-hmm. This team looks so confident right now. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, well, it's twelve, almost twelve thirty on the East Coast. Um, I think we're all. Pretty, I think we're all kind of come down a bit. Like I, I think after the like right when the game ended, I didn't think I didn't plan on sleeping for the next five years. But now I think I'm pretty tired, so probably going to bed. Um, but guys, game two. Tomorrow at eight, Paxton JV, Yanks gonna look to go up two nothing. Just think, guys. No matter what happens tomorrow, the Yankees are gonna have a chance to clinch it at Yankee Stadium, right? The Astros have to win a game at Yankee Stadium. So hey, you know what? let's get greedy. Yeah, go get game two. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at the position that the Nationals are in right now. Coming home with a two zero lead. I mean, if by some chance we can jump all over Berlin tomorrow and be in the same position, you know, coming home to 
the raucous Yankee Stadium crowd with a chance to clinch a pennant like that. I, again, mm-hmm. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I mean, you could just imagine you yeah, start like, feeling it right now after after tonight. I'll give credit to Aaron Boone because I feel like they he just has everyone in a good mindset. Like these guys are fucking savages in the box, man. What yeah, dude. What like there to say, I just you know if the thing about getting greedy, right? But if you like, you know, you talked especially about like if it seems like they really need Cole and Verlander to do the so much heavy lifting. Like I feel like you steal a game from Verlander or steal a game even from Cole. Like you damage that psyche. You know that that feeling that they have of invincibility when these guys are on the mound, and then you just go from there. Like, so. Yeah. Um. Well, I wanted to say one more thing, you know, because this not to like this isn't even getting negative, but you know, a couple months ago after the trade deadline, and this was this was actually a tweet. I'll give the guy credit. Keith McPherson, pretty good follow. And he said, you know, a lot of people thought this game was, you know, had this game won for the Astros after the trade deadline when they, when they got Grinky. Right? It was, oh, once they got Grinky, oh, they got Grinky, we're screwed, we're, we're doomed. Well, guess what? People forgot that we had Masahiro Tanaka, who even before this postseason started, had a career 1.5 ERA in the postseason. And he just outdueled them, right? Our guy just outdueled the big, bad. Uh, Trade trade deadline accusation that all these Yankee fans are freaking out about. So, just you know, just goes to show you sometimes you gotta have a little patience. Yeah, maybe the Yankees like the team they had, right? I mean, go figure. But for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Babble ALCS Game One recap. We'll see you guys tomorrow night.